Yo, man, we back. All right, so um, like I said in the previous podcast, I know we didn't post for three weeks, but we're back. And I told you on a, at the end of the last podcast, if you made it that far, that means you would be doing a UFC podcast. So here we are. I'm here, obviously, with Gio, like I just said. What's going on, man? Yeah, and, you know, we're going to kind of just talk about UFC. Really, the real main reason is to break down UFC 280, which is like a crazy stack card. Yeah, just get my thoughts and opinions on it. Pretty excited, man. Pretty, pretty fucking excited. But before we touch like really heavy into that, you want to say anything about the podcast or anything? Um, well, it's like you said, it's been a three three week hiatus, and then I know you guys just recorded the last podcast. Make sure you guys listen to that one. And I wasn't on it; it just some stuff came up. But everything should be back to normal now. Everything should be cool. So yeah, yeah. that was it. Just a little, a little miss. Not too crazy. Yeah, and then um, before even before we get into two eighty once again, you want to talk about um just some of the things that kind of been going on because I know like you had a, a a female fighter fight you you're really big fan of so maybe you want to like you know give your thoughts on her. Yeah, we could just talk about it quickly. The card, the uh, Grosso versus Araujo fight, fight night. So if you know me, I mean we've already probably mentioned it before on the podcast. I'm a pretty big fighter. I'm a pretty big fan of any Mexican fighter. It doesn't really matter. If you're Mexican, I fuck with you. If you're Mexican-American, I fuck with you. Automatically. You know, and I mean, it's, I don't know. It's just something I really just kept going with. And Alexa Grasso, obviously from Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico. She came. She fought uh, Vivian Araujo. And it was a pretty decent fight. It wasn't the most exciting fight. But the thing that I was most impressed with the Grasso was her take down defense because if you know Vivian Araujo, she will take you down and just work her fucking magic down there. She is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu master. And I was pretty worried because Alexa Grosso's ground game isn't the best. I know she just got her submission in her last fight, but I'm pretty sure that was her first submission in the UFC. And she's been really working towards that. And I don't know if you saw the fight, but when she got it, she was like literally in tears. So yeah. I was pretty worried. I was pretty worried about that. You got any opinions on it? Um, yeah, I, I didn't watch it like live, but I did go back and watch it. Yeah, you know, it's good. I think like, I think with Alexa, she's like almost, I don't know, like maybe she's one fight, depending on how you look at it out from fighting for the belt, maybe her next fight is for the belt. She's pretty much like right there, if you ask me, because I feel like she has like a lot of um, fans and stuff. A lot of people are behind her. Yeah. Salty boxer. Yeah. A lot of people are behind her. I mean, her and um, Irene, uh, they're both came in. They both came in to be the first uh, Mexican-born female fighters in the UFC. So they both have a pretty big following. Now we have a bunch more, obviously. We have a handful more. But Alexa Grosso did well. She defended the takedown. Even when she was on the ground, she got up as fast as she can. Um, and then it was just – honestly, it was like a, a counter from both sides. They were both just countering each other. One through, other one through, one through, other one through, one through, other one through. And I think what, what really won her the fight was just she landed the power shots and she just defended a lot of takedowns. Yeah, I think I'm pretty sure that Vivian landed two and it was like two out of eight. And I know we always speak about this, like takedown defense should should, you know, be weighed a lot more. Especially yeah, if the sure. person's literally looking for just a takedown. If you stuff them that many times, that should be something big, you know? Yeah, and especially also like just more points for Alexa Grosso because it's like um, she's kind of coming into this fight like like you said she did get the submission win you know people are looking at like a fluke but also the big question mark around her was like what would happen when she fought one of these like powerful strong wrestler type girls and she obviously handled it with uh, ease I would say not ease but she, she did well. kind of low key yeah she did well no she did really well I was really happy for her. <laughs> It was a pretty close fight, though. I'm not gonna lie. I, I was I wasn't gonna be upset if uh, Vivian won it because she did land some shots also. But I think Grosso just landed the majority of them, and she just kept the constant pressure, just making sure everything was, you know, cool and everything. Yeah. And uh, I mean, another fight on that card was Cub Swanson versus Jonathan Martinez. I know Cub is your boy, so I want to see. I want to let you know. Not yeah. let you. Know, I want to go ahead. Go ahead and let you just you know take the floor. So like Cub is um. Like, I don't know, like, you know, like there's like just these guys that are kind of like pioneers. He's definitely like a pioneer, but also like when I was first getting into the the sport, like the way he like looks, his tattoos and his like, you know, everything about him. Like I hate a lot of his tattoos, but it just he looks like a cool ass dude. So when I was first getting and I was really rocking with him and obviously 
at that time when I was first getting into it, you know, he was fighting like Frankie Edgar. Like he was looking like one of those guys. He did get his ass beat by Frankie Edgar, but <laughs> um, but you know, uh, so it, you know, Cub lost that. That shit kind of hurt my heart. Uh, but it was props to Martinez, bro. He was going in. Yeah, it's not only that like it hurt watching Cub lose because it's Cub and he's a fan favorite, but also because he went down a weight class because he was saying that. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he said that there was like not really any competition. So literally, yeah. he went down to like the strongest fucking, most dense weight class in the in the UFC right now, which is bantamweight, and it kind of uh, gave him a bad matchup. I mean, Jonathan Martinez is an extremely good kicker. Oh my god! Every time he landed a kick, it was just that duh 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 duh, and he mixed in the low kick with the high kick, and just any body body kick, high kick, low kick. He was just killing it, and Cub just had no answer. I mean, you yeah. saw you saw what happened. It was sad. Also, Cubs are real. Like, he's getting to that point where he's like, you know, I said I wasn't watching the fights as they were happening. You were, you were texting me. You were really impressed with Martinez. And I said after uh, you told me that Cub lost, I said, like, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Cub retires. I mean, he's 38. Like, that's yeah. that's about that's that age. And, and he's lost some pretty bad ones. This one was brutal. Like, I, like I'll probably watch that uh, leg kick to that ended it, like, six or seven times because it's just – Oh, it's perfect. It just like the way it hits, he drops. Oh my god, it was beautiful. But obviously hard to watch. It was tough to watch. Sucks for Cub, but I'm really excited for John Jonathan Martinez. See what he gets uh gets thrown at. Uh I think I remember texting you that he caught out Dominic uh Cruz. And yeah. again, Dominic's, you know, also one of my favorite fighters, if not my favorite fighter, and it really sucks seeing him get KO by fucking Cheeto Vera. But it happens, you know, it happens to everyone. But he caught out Jonathan Martinez. I mean, Jonathan Martinez caught out DC, Dominic Cruz. And honestly, I think that's a horrible matchup for uh, Dominic Cruz. I just think, I mean, the way that Jonathan was throwing that head kick is not good. Obviously, because if you go back to his last fight, Cheeto knocked his fucking lights out with that head kick. And the way that Dominic weaves out from, like, his back on the cage, it, it's it's always open. I'm surprised that no one's ever landed it. And Cheeto got it, timed it right, knocked his lights out. And I'm scared that Jonathan will try to aim for the same thing. If he won't aim for the head, he's going to aim for the leg. And everyone knows if you want to stop Dominic Cruz, you want to stop that amazing footwork of his. And what do you do? You chop the fucking wood. Dominic's also another guy kind of continuing off to Cub Swanson. Like, you know what I said about Cub Swanson? Dominic's also another guy, like, I don't really know what's next for him. Like, he's he's not really, like <clears> – <throat> He he looks. He's not one of those fighters that like looks bad. That you say, okay, he should probably retire because obviously he's been dominating. He is thirty seven, but he's had multiple surgeries on his knees. Blues knee twice. He's kind of been like. The, he still looks good though. Like it wasn't like he was looking bad. It's just Cheeto's a fucking tank, and these Dominic has never had that type of power to knock someone's lights out, and Cheeto just you know, bide his time, took the hits, timed it correctly, bang. But 37. Like, yeah, 37. I don't see Dominic getting better. I don't see Dominic being able to compete with the top of the, top of the crop anymore just because I don't think he just has that type of power. And I think, yeah, I think it might be time for him just to kind of chill out. I wanted a Jose Aldo fight, but Jose Aldo retired, sadly. Yeah, man, that one. Whew, that one hurt me. I love Jose Aldo. Um, <clears throat> So moving on, that's kind of covers up the, the fight night that just happened. We'll move on to 280. Obviously, we're going to really break down the big three fights. There's three fights on the card that are bigger. Everyone should know that. But before we break down those three fights, uh, we're going to kind of talk about two fights. We both picked one fight. I picked uh, Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady, which is like the last. It's the main event of the preliminary card. We're going to talk about that, and he picked another fight. We'll reveal that later. But uh, let's talk about uh, Belil versus Brady. Brady is 15-0. and 0. He's honestly looked like crazy dominant. I wasn't really a big fan of the guy. Like I feel like he fought like a lot of guys that I like on the way up. <laughs> but at this point, I kind of just got to be like, you know what? Like Respect where it's doing. He looks like uh, he could be a problem in the future. And obviously, he's going against Belil, who is like pretty much on a – one of the best streaks right now. Like, if you look at his past fights, he's fought pretty much the who's who, right? I mean, he fought uh, Vicente beat Vicente, which yeah, is Vicente my Luque, which was a, a really good performance. He kept Vicente 
quiet. Everyone was saying that it was going to happen like last time. He was going to catch Bilal. He's going to knock his ass out. You know, easy peasy. But Bilal really impressed me in that fight. Kept yeah, the too. pressure on his ass. And I'm, you know, like, Vicente is my guy, too. So, like, yeah. it was tough. But even, like, you look at Bilal, like, I know he got a DQ. But even the Edwards fight, man, that was – I could have seen – I could have seen Bilal maybe like making something happen towards the end, and that's the champ right now. Nah. And he, uh, I mean, no, the no. wrestling. I thought right? was, was winning that fight. His, his wrestling was so good, though. He's also a, a key thing to note about this is now he's training with Khabib. I don't know if you think that's gonna like improve him. Oh, of course. But... He's surrounded by those Dagestani fucking guys. Those guys do nothing but just train and just train, eat, and pray. And like, um, I forgot who he was talking about. I think. I don't know why I'm even bringing this up, but I just feel like it should be brought up. But Khabib was talking about um, comes out Chamayev back when he missed weight, and he didn't seem like he wasn't he didn't really care. And Khabib was bringing up the fact that like, oh, he's not surrounded by Muslims, this, this, and that. And I, I'm not bringing up the, the religion part of it. I'm bringing up like the discipline and dedication that these guys go through. And Bilal has already been a pretty good fighter. He's on a really good win streak. I mean, he has wins over Damian Maya, Stephen Thompson, and Vicente Luque. I know Stephen Thompson was, you know, he's old, you know, he's a striker. Sad, a really sad fight to watch, honestly. I don't know if you remember watching that, but it was pretty sad. He just kept laying on top of him. Yeah, it was bad. But those names aren't, you know, those aren't nobodies, especially Damian Maya. That is one of the best jiu-jitsu fighters of all time in the UFC. And Vicente Luque is also a very good fighter. And now that he has someone like Khabib Nurmagomedov behind him, and I was hearing that Jorge, Men- Jorge Mendez, not Jorge Mendez, but I always forget his Javier Mendez, is a trainer of um like a kickboxing striking coach for Khabib and the a- AKA and all those guys, but he was saying that Khabib himself has been like, oh, putting your arm over you know Bilal and telling him everything and training him. So that's going to be very interesting against Sean Brady. Yeah, but like we talked a lot about Bilal, but just touching on Sean Brady, he's no slouch either. He has, he's walked through everyone essentially. Like I say, Kiesa is probably one of the best at that weight class. I, I I think that's safe to say, wrestler. And, I mean, you saw what he did to Kiesa. We watched that fight. I was pissed off. Brady was, like, low-key manhandling him. Yeah, I could see that. But if you compare the twos, you know, who's they fought in the UFC, I think Bilal is just going to have that experience. He's fought oh, more killers. Sure. He's fought more bigger names. Of course, names doesn't always mean everything. But if we're looking over there – resume i think Bilal's i think Bilal beats him not just because i think he's a better wrestler than sean brady but now that he has khabib under him i think it's a recipe for success for Bilal muhammad yeah people were speculating that the next fight that brady was going to get was uh uh comes out but it never happened because i guess the ufc tried to push comes out i don't really think they're they're pushing uh sean brady as much as they should be i mean they're giving him probably one of the tougher tests in the division so yeah, that'll that'll be interesting to see how that plays out, and it'll be interesting like who wins. Very interesting. It's gonna be like who, the type of fights you kind of want to just sit down and just like watch the little things they do. Yeah, who's or, gonna who you got winning? I got Bilal winning. Or I was gonna say, I mean, Bilal is no, he's not, he's not, he's not, you know, he's not whack on the feet. He could throw some punches. He could hit hard. <laughs> you know, yeah. I remember him landing some pretty good uppercuts on uh, Vicente Luque. No, yeah, 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 that's true. I mean, I, I have Bilal winning as well. It'll yeah. be interesting to see, like, not just like like you said, sit down and watch that and see how it plays out, but what's going to happen for each fighter next, the winner and loser. So, yeah, but go ahead. We'll talk about uh, your fight that you wanted to talk about before the main card. So the fight that I think is kind of going under the radar is because, I mean, the card is re- re- extremely stacked. But, I mean, it's also – I would say that these are two – underappreciated fighters with Benoit Derouche versus Mateos Gamrot. Benoit Derouche is on a seven-fight win streak. He's the most underrated fighter now that Leon has the belt. You know, he, and he's he's a very good grappler, extremely good grappler. And he has wins over, like, a Tony Ferguson, for example. I know it's Tony Ferguson. You know, it's not, it's not the same Tony, but Benoit Derouche, I think, is a very good fucking fighter. And I think not a lot of people talk to him and talk about him. And the same with um Mateos Gamrot. He just has a he has a one over Armand Tusikian. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's he pronounced his last name, the Armenian. And he yeah. was going to be he was touted as being like 
the next big thing. And I even I was talking about that because I was pretty impressed with his performance against Islam Makachev. And Garmar beat him. So I think this is kind of like the a spotlight on the two underdogs. And I think whoever wins this, because Bernal de Rouge was kind of a he said he was snubbed for the title shot. And honestly, I mean, who else is I get it pound for pound, Alexander Volkanovsky, but like who else is more deserving in that weight class than Bernal de Rouge? Honestly, no, like you said, seven fight win streak is crazy. Yeah. Not many fighters do that. And Islam somehow slithered his way away from him. You know, they, they had that fight. Yeah. So we, we also know with Islam, we know why he's getting the title shot. And everyone talks about his win streak and everything, but we know why he's getting the title shot. But since, like, for me, the way I look at it is like, like you said, both of these guys, they're kind of like, I would say, like, this is a fight that is not for like, people who aren't like into the UFC or whatever, people who just kind of like watch casually, they're not going to really like know these fighters or whatever, but this, cause they're like not on the mic. They're not that good. They're kind of like, I don't know. He's okay. He's all right. He's not the best, but he's okay. But for back for, for lack of better words, they're kind of like boring, I guess to what what I would imagine, you know, people like are into like a Sean O'Malley, Peter Yan, you know, type shit. So to those guys, yeah, of course. So I think that's why underrated. I, I do believe, like I was saying before Leon won the belt, I believe Leon was the most underrated fighter in the UFC. I believe now uh, it's probably one of these guys in this fight. You could make a case for either or. They're definitely like top of the list for like yeah. most underrated, just kind of slept on. Underappreciated fighters. And it would be interesting to see what happens with the winner of this fight. But Who, who do you got though? I'm going I'm to rock with my boy, Benil. I don't know why I said my boy. He's not like, I, I like Benil. I like Benil, but, you know, <laughs> but I'm rocking with Benil. I think he takes it. I think I think he's going to have a point to prove. I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be thinking, like, man, he's got snubbed me with Islam. He got snubbed me with the, with the backup fighter. Everyone seems to just forget about me. I think he's going to come out guns blazing, wanting to prove a point. And I got him beating Mateos Gamera. I don't think he beats him, like, KO, even though I've seen – been no KO a few people, but I just see a you know a majority decision just of Benio just you know getting out on top, just trying yeah. to dominate the whole entire time. Pretty much, I think the same thing, and I think like what you said about the uh, the like they snubbed him with the he he was supposed to be the backup for the Charles Islam fight. Just yeah, in case that's what they, happens. That's what he said they told him was yeah. that he was supposed to be the backup. And then it came out that it was actually Volk and Volk's in Abu Dhabi. I think that since all the Dagestanis are going to be there, he's got kind of like a little weird beef with Islam. I think that like it's going to go – I think he's going to like really show out. I think like probably like a low-key a dominant performance. But or, we'll, yeah, we'll it could, or it could be an extremely boring one. But I'm rocking with Benel. Yeah, me too. So um, that that's going to lead us into the, the three big ones. And, you know, I was just um, – talking about a dominant performance. And I guess maybe this is the hot take that I'm finna have, I guess, you know. I'll give some I'll give some backstory. If you know me, you know like I'm a Sugar Sean fan. Like I, I'm not like the guy that's like on Sugar Sean late. Like I've been I found him through the contender series. I've been with him, suspensions, watch his podcast, like all that. So this isn't like no like hype train, I guess, but so I've seen the kid grow. I've seen him get better with every fight, more mature, more everything. And I think that he's just going to be too big for Peter Yan. I mean, and I think he's going to win. So, I mean, you, you, I'll let you say what you got to say about it next. Oh, man, he's going to be – this is a hard – all these next three fights could be a fucking toss-up. But, like you said, I know you've been a Sugar fan. You know, I'm I've – I've had my, you know, questions about Sugar. Every time I question him, I mean, he's proved me wrong. But the fight against, you know, Pedro Munoz obviously ended in a pretty anticlimactic manner with the eye poke. But, it, I mean, Sean wasn't – I'm only judging him off his last fight. And this was against a ranked opponent. And he wasn't starting off hot. Honestly, Sugar usually goes in like he's a pretty fast starter. But it seemed like he was kind of more cautious because I, I, maybe the lights got to him. Maybe he was a little nervous by what Pedro Munoz brings to the table. But he didn't look the best. And I know I'm going to bring it up, and I know you're going to say, oh, the leg kicks were checked. But they were still landing a lot of leg check, a lot of leg kicks. And the the judges had – they had Pedro Munoz winning the fight. Judges are not credible sources. We're just going to go ahead and – I'm just going to, like, defend my boy. I know right? that. I get that. But, but who's you the saw one that gets a, the fights? 
a lot, yeah, that's that's valid. But a lot of leg kicks were checked, and and bro, he didn't land a single punch. And I get the hot start thing is very valid, but you saw the eye, you saw the eye poke, whatever you want to say, bro. It looked like he was, bro. If you if you watch the fight, Sean was too fast for him. So yeah, you can say maybe he Sean realized that he was fighting a, a, a super dangerous opponent, and he wanted to ease into things, and. Maybe that's what it was, and 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 so he, you know, he was like letting it go. But also, the key thing, the key, the very, 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 very key thing to to note about the previous fight and to note about this fight that's going to be important is they are three round fights. Yes, and five rounds. No, the Peter Yan Sean O'Malley is three. I thought it was five. Oh, I thought it was five rounds. I'm trying. yeah, and, and I've seen other people make the mistake. I actually saw. I think it was um Dan Hardy or somebody talking about it. They made the same mistake, and that's the key thing to note because. Because like you said, Sean's always starting off fast, right? Every fight except for the Pedro fight, he started off fast. Well, what does Peter do? Or Peter or whatever. He, he is the worst first-round fighter. Like, he always basically, they say it's like, oh, he's learning how to fight. He the was first round. Exactly. And if that happens, that's almost like giving Sean a guaranteed round. I don't see a knockout in this fight. But I never. I mean, one thing to note, I never have seen Sean really be tested. I just... Don't see him getting hit enough, but we'll see. But I think that's the most important thing, and that actually is why I believe Sean will win. But I don't know. What do you think about that? I understand that reasoning. I get what you mean because Sean is a pretty – you know, he, he's, he's in your face, and Pettyon is more you – know, he's more lax. He tries to see what you do. He tries to read the movements, tries to, you know, give you feints and all that stuff. But Pettyon knows that this is a three-round fight, and he also knows that he was – Pretty much manhandled against Aljamain Sterling. He's gonna, I'm fairly sure he's not gonna have a cold start. I'm sure he's gonna come out guns blazing, guns blazing. And I get it, like everyone says, Sean O'Malley's a tall guy, he's a tall guy, a rangy guy. Petra Yans faced Corey Sanhagen, and he he beat Corey Sanhagen. And Corey Sanhagen is a very rangy, very tall, lanky fighter, just like Sean O'Malley. And I don't think that the reach thing is gonna be a big deal. I mean, maybe, maybe Sean. Shows some fucking crazy levels and shows us that he really is who he talks about being. But, oh, man, this is tough. I think Petrion is just going to oh, – I don't know. Because this is going to be tough. Petrion is not going to let Sean just dominate the fight and be in the middle of the ring and, you know, pick his shots and do spinny little moves. Like Petrion is going to be on his ass. And the only time we've really seen Sean O'Malley with animosity – he lost, you know, I get it. Oh, it's, he hurt his leg. You know, it's, a, you know, he got a nerve ending, but it's a leg kick that caused the fucking injury and he lost. So <clears throat> one, one thing that's, that is um, going to come back up in this episode, because I'm sure we're going to talk about it at the next fight is the Corey Sanhagen thing. And like you said, Jan did beat Corey Sanhagen and he re- it really wasn't even like close, really, honestly. Sanhagen won like the first round, I would say. After that, yeah. just Petri just took over. Yeah, but it, it like it, it really wasn't close. But the thing is, and I've seen other people bring this up, and why I don't really like it is, I think Sanhagen is actually the best striker in that division. Sean's close second, but they fight completely different. Sean is very more. I I feel like Sean's a lot more on the outside. Like Sanhagen is picking, choosing range, but it's it's not as much. I, but yeah, like my basic reasoning for why Sean's gonna win is I believe in him, and I believe that he's gonna come. In the three third three round fight, and I believe that he's gonna uh, just just get the job done. But either way, for me, this is win win in all in all cases. Like for Jan, it's win because he beats the one of the like best guys, right? But also, Jan is not gonna um, he he's not gonna get the next title shot. It's pretty much like if Aljo wins, I don't think they're gonna do Jan versus Aljo three because I don't think that's necessary, right? So I don't really see, but for Sean, this is win because no matter what, if he if he comes out and he looks good, he's looking good against the number one guy that everyone says is a killer, is the rightful champ, all this shit. If he loses, I mean, he still wins because he came out and looked good. You know, I, mean, I don't know win, about win. that because say if he gets knocked the fuck out, then everything that every Sugar Sean hater has been saying, everyone has been saying, look, he's been a fluke, look at this, everything he's done is – you know, I get it. I get that reasoning. Yeah, if he loses by unanimous decision, if he, you know, he loses, but he puts up a good fight. But say if he, like, gets knocked out with Petty on, I think it looks pretty bad for Sean. 
I don't think it looks that bad because he's still the number one guy. You know, I get when, that. I understand. When you have that. a rank discrepancy, like like 13 and 1, I believe that's what they are, it doesn't look that bad. One should always be dominant winning. So um, I feel like I feel like no – and this is perfect booking by the UFC because I feel like this doesn't really hurt either one of their stocks no matter what. But if Sean wins, he probably gets the title shot, which is crazy. Crazy. So, uh, predict who you think who you think is gonna win. Again, again, like this is up in the air. Sean, of course, with his amazing striking, his rangy attacks, his you know, he's a great fighter. Petr Jan with his merciless fucking pressure, his incredible boxing, super fast hands. Like, yeah, I know Sean is fast, but Petr, I got Petr over. I got Petr over Sean when it comes to speed. But, oh, this one's tough. I'm gonna go with Petra just because I think he has, he just has the experience over Sean, and I think he he's he's oh man I don't know this is really hard I'm gonna just go Petra I don't even have a good reasoning why <laughs> I don't even have a good reasoning why I don't he's a I'm killer Petra because he, yeah he's just a, a no mercy you know that's what they call him I'm going yeah. Petra um I'm gonna say second round TKO honestly that's just what I'm throwing out. I didn't put no um, – all right, so, like, for people who kind of uh, know me, people who don't know me, if you're listening, like I'm super superstitious. So, like, I didn't – this one is – Sean's probably one of my favorite fighters, top two. So, I didn't want to put, like, a oh knockout thing or anything because I'm superstitious and I'm just weird like that. So, I didn't give a prediction, but I think that Sean's going to win. That's all I'm going to say. But um, how many win? Like a point win? Like do you have any? I, I, I don't even want to say. I don't even want to say nothing because I'm. You know how I am, man. I'm weird about it. All right. Well, yeah. So I got Peter winning. You got Sean winning. It'd be Again, interesting to see. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> and that's the but, same with basically with all the other two we're going to talk about right now. Um. So all right. So moving on. That's a, that's a good segue. Moving on. We got Champ versus. The CEO of EPOs, we got uh, Sterling versus Pillashaw. Nah, I'm gonna give him a clean slate. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do all that shit because he gets shit on enough. And also came out that I thought he was like juicing his whole career. It actually came out that he got you know, and you saw it when you get blood tested, they keep you blood, which is kind of weird, but they keep you blood for like all the fights. And once he got popped for against Henry Cejudo, I mean, imagine pop, imagine taking steroids for, for Henry Cejudo and then losing like that. Like that's kind of crazy. But anyways. Um, they tested all his fights from the UFC, and he came out clean. It was the only fight that he, you know, fucking got popped with was, you know, Hamid Cejudo. I'm just bringing that up just because that opened my eyes a little bit. I was like, oh, so he wasn't juicing his whole fucking career, but still, you know, he got popped. Not cool. Um, he's a pretty cringy guy. But anyways, yeah, TJ did the show with Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain really grew on me. Um, yeah, for sure, you know, for sure. Especially after finding out like all the stuff that happened behind the scenes when it came to the Petion fight, the first one, the fact they had a, like a, a fucked up neck that required surgery, and that's what he said was the reason why his performance was so bad. And just for them come back, like what I don't know how long it was, a year and some change, I want to say. Yeah, and he looked that dominant against Petion and backed up everything he said and shut up all the hate. Because it was a point where I was, I was like getting annoyed. I was like, yo, like I know Aljo. You know, hit got hit with that knee. Maybe he was pretending, but it was a hard knee. But Aljo is a world class fighter. He's not no fucking like some actor everyone keeps talking about. He's a great fucking fighter. He's champ for a reason, and he showed it against Petty on the second time. Yeah, that that for me, that's the same. That's like the same reason is like like he earned all the respect when he came out and like the excuses are an excuse right when you lose it's an excuse when you come out and the way he dominated and like the way he did it and like everything about it it was like okay you start looking at that excuse like you know what like that's probably the case and and also like he's got a lot more spotlight since he's been champ and like he's not that annoying no he's, he seems like a really good guy he seems like a cool dude he's yeah. kind of funny too at times yeah, you know, I love his training team also with fucking uh, Matt Sarah and Ray Longo. I yeah. think uh, they're super cool, too. Hilarious, dude. You know, they're from New York, you know, Long Island, New York. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I fuck with Aljo person. TJ, on the other hand, I think is a little cringy. But I'm going to just let that be. I'm not. Um, <laughs> I hate TJ. I've always hated yeah, TJ the yeah. whole time. <laughs> it's two fighters. 
that I just absolutely hate. It's TJ and Cody. I just don't fucking like them. And and I hate TJ. And I I think it's crazy. We both watched – I believe we watched TJ versus Corey, Corey again. I said this was going to come back. We both had Corey winning it. And for this podcast, just for the shits and gigs, last night at like 4 o'clock in the morning, I went back and I watched um, that fight. And I, I don't, I don't have him winning. It's crazy to me. I feel like he's always got this star, like favoritism from Dana. I don't really even like coming back the way he came back, the fight he got to come back to, just everything. I just feel like, bro, fuck this guy. Well, to play, to play devil's advocate, he did blow his fucking knee out. He tore almost everything except for the ACL. I'm pretty sure he said, and to not get finished or to not just give up and to you know, to continue the rest of the fight. And yeah, I know he didn't look, you know, he got pieced up by Corey Sandhagen, but he was shooting on him. And I think that's what won him the fight was the ground time. And to do that with a fucked up knee is very impressive. So we can't really say that we've seen TJ, you know, like the new TJ, TJ Dillashaw back from not being on fucking EPLs or whatever he got popped with because he had a fucked up knee. He's so it's like pretty hard. 50, bro. Yeah, it's pretty hard to gauge him off that fight. Because he had a fucked up knee, but Corey, I do have Corey. I did have Corey winning. I don't know how he lost that. I think, I think it was just a ground time that gave him the win. Nah, you know, I have this theory. Like I was gonna, I was gonna mention this like towards the end, but I'll mention it right now, bro. Corey, uh, we both are kind of. I would say we're both pretty big Corey fans. Like he's a beast, yeah, dope like tattoos, that. but you know he's very pale, yeah, right? No. I think his tattoos look cool, cool on him, but he's super know. pale, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think the reason why he lost the fight actually is because he's so pale. Anytime he gets hit, it gets a little red. And they were like the the refs, UFC refs are horrible. They were looking at all the red marks on his body, and they're like, you know what, rep? I think he lost because damn. Yeah, but look at DTJ. TJ was cut the fuck up. But it's not the same when you see someone's like skin completely go from like a sheet of paper to like pink. It's completely different. You know what I'm saying? They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I just just a little funny thing. <laughs> well, yeah, TJ. I can see what you mean from like Dana White privilege, but I mean he he beat Corey Sanhagen, and now he's facing Aljamain Sterling, and uh, this it's hard one to call. Is, it's hard to call also. But the only thing that I'm pretty I'm pretty much comparing it to because it's really hard to you know what can you compare what can you really like reference TJ on his fight against Corey Sanhagen where he fucking blew his knee out and he kind of lost the fight if I'm being honest. Yeah, you know, or you know, but you could compare Aljo to his fucking crazy streaky head. I'm going. I'll just start it off. I'm I'm going Aljo. I think it's dominant. I don't even think these two are in the same class. Of course, we are. It's very much looking at the last fight, but also you know, like we saw Aljo versus Corey, and and we saw Corey versus Sanhagen or Corey versus TJ. So I'm kind of comparing the two. Bro, Aljo did Corey dirty. Yeah, quick, 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 quick fucking start. Did not so, even let fucking Corey Sanhagen breathe. And just and the thing was, Corey admitted that he he underestimated Aljo. He said he was going to be like a walk in the park, easy peasy, whatever. No, nah, he didn't say walk in the park. But he didn't really give Aljo the props. And from everything that what TJ is saying, it's not like he's doing the same thing. And that's exactly what Aljo wants you to do. He wants you to be he wants you to be thinking like he's unassuming or whatever. And T grabs you from the fucking back and doesn't let go and becomes a human backpack for fucking three whole minutes or five whole minutes, whatever the amount is. His ability to do that is actually so fucking insane. fast. He's so fast. The way he took right. down Petra and just climbed on his back. I was like, holy shit. It, it, it's insane. I got Aljo. I think Aljo's dominating. I mean You think he like rinse think- a repeat of like the Petrion fight type thing? I mean, I'll, TJ and Petrion, I don't want to say they're completely like the same fighter, but they do have same char- characteristics. You know, they extremely fast hands, you know, very good stand up. Uh, of course, TJ is a better wrestler, but Petrion had really good takedown defense. You saw what Aljo did with that. TJ has very good takedown defense and really good wrestling. So that's the only thing that's going to, you know, you know, it's going to yeah, but- stick out is his wrestling. You know when you're when we're making these predictions, we're talking about these fights. It's it's really hard because we we're everything is based on the last fight, and I'm trying not to do that with TJ, but it's really hard because if this was prime TJ, like four or five years ago, maybe I would probably say, yeah, I got TJ, but I just don't think I just don't believe in him. He's 36, man. He's old. He's not on PEDs anymore. He looks great though. Again, nah, the really picture came out today. He the looks picture, really jeez, bro. Weird. Aljo looks good on on weight on a uh, weigh in days also though. 
Yeah, so I don't know. I just I think Aljo's just like kind of like you said, rinse and repeat. Just you know, but I could also see him finishing TJ with just like a submission because I think Peter Peter whatever is um <laughs> like I feel like he was so calm on the ground. That's one thing that you know he deserves a lot of credit for. He didn't give up the submission like you know, but I think TJ will try to reverse it or since he has that. He has more wrestling. He'll try to go for something, and that could end up just leaving him get caught, and Aljo just chokes his fucking lights out. Yeah, but if TJ somehow keeps this on the ground, I mean on the feet, that's the only thing I think Aljo lacks is his striking. His striking is not good. I don't think it's – like against Petrion, the, the weird punches he was throwing, the way he defends like pressure, like when Petrion was coming up and he was giving him combos, he defends like if he's – like really scared, like he turns his, like he kind of turns himself and he just grabs his head. It's such a weird way to defend, and I'm pretty scared of you know if TJ gets that and he sees that. I think he finishes Aljo because Aljo is just on the feet. He does not look good. So, but if Aljo plays it smart, just like he did against Petion, body kicks, body kicks, body kicks, teep kicks, leg kicks, you know, keeps him away. Aim for that. I know it's fucked up to say, but aim for that fucked up leg. Take him down. You know. Do what he has to do. But again, geez, this is really hard. If it's on the feet, it could be really bad for Aljo. If it's on the ground. If you say it like that, it sounds like TJ has the upper hand. On the feet, TJ. On the ground, yeah, I guess Aljo. But TJ is a pretty good wrestler also. So you're going with TJ. So we're we're, we're, we're split. So um, uh, my, my heart says Aljo. My head says TJ. All right, so you're split, but um, let's just say, let's just say, whatever, whatever happens, what is next? I guess a lot depends on what happens with uh, Jan and O'Malley, but what what is next? If let's say um Sterling loses, do you think there's a rematch? Mm, it depends on the way he loses, really. Yeah, that's yeah. If, so let's say TJ is able to keep it on the feet. Is there a rematch? And also, let's just for hypothetical reasons throw out. Jan wins, TJ wins. Who do you have, Jan or Dillashaw? Just real quick. It's hard, right? This is really hard. I don't even know. I think I, I think I'll go Jan. I think Jan's just better on the feet. Probably yeah, Jan. To be honest, either Jan or O'Malley, if either one of them win and Dillashaw wins, I think I have both of those guys beating TJ Dillashaw. But somebody that's not being mentioned. That I think should be mentioned is Cheeto Vera. Uh, he just got off a really dominant. He got a really, really good win against you know Dominic Cruz, knocking him out, being the only fighter to ever knock out Dominic Cruz. I, I Cheeto looks scary. I maybe got Cheeto winning against all you all four of these guys. To uh, Cheeto just looks invincible right now. I think now. He, there's a there's a a plan and a I can see it happening for him to beat three of those guys. But Sterling, I don't. I was Sterling, see him struggling with Sterling. Maybe Sterling is is kind of honestly at this point he's like the dark horse, but he's also the champ. He's kind of another one of those underrated guys. Like Sterling, right with his wrestling, could could. I mean, in that division, there's not a lot of people that that could fuck with him. No, that's true. I agree with that. But just Tito hits so. I think he might be the hardest hitting in the division. I mean, his knockouts prove that. I think he's definitely got the uh, the hardest head. No, exactly. He has the hardest head. He has good defense. His defense is just literally absorbing the shots and just hitting you with the fucking hardest hits he could you could ever take. I mean, he already has wins over one of these guys, Sean O'Malley, and I'm. That is Sean I, O'Malley is when we're talking about these four guys. Sean O'Malley kind of is the dark, like the the outlier of the group. But regardless, a fight that I want to see in the future: Peter versus Cheeto. I think that would be great. Pitchers. That would be that would be a banger, man. That would be really good. Um, fuck, I did have a question um, to ask about the Sean versus Petra, but I don't, I'm going to ask this all that. I'm going to try to ask it after because we're on a kind of a roll, and now we got the main event to talk yeah, about. Yeah, so, so going into the main event, this is, um this for me, like, I can't remember the last time I was hyped for a main event like this. Um, I can't remember the last time it was, it was, uh, it was probably Connor's last fight, honestly. Oh, no. Is he? Yeah, probably Connor's last fight. But yeah, I'm 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 hyped for this, and it's not like so much the fight is like could be crazy good. I think it's more so for me the implications that it could have going forward. Mm. I'm I'm like someone who very much is like 
um, fuck Khabib. I, I don't really think that he has a not not like I hate him or anything. I just don't think he has the the place at the 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 goat table like everyone kind of dick rides him and says he does. And I look at like what Charles has done and then like man, the, the story is just so good. And I just kind of like I'm on this thing where I'm just like I've said it before. I just I really want Charles to win because I think that that makes him the goat of that division pretty much. And well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he deserves to be have, to be in a table of the goats. I don't think he might be. You might not agree that he's the goat, but you have to be honest. He is in the table. He is for sitting the, at the table. For the division, yes, but for the overall UFC, no. I, he's he's not he barely cracked. I'm talking about Khabib, he barely cracks my top 10. Top 10? Bro, I don't yes. know about top ten, dude. At the end, at the end, we'll go over it. We'll go over it a little bit, and I'll, and I'll explain my reasoning. Let's talk about this fight first. Um, how do you see? It, how do you see it playing? How do I see it going? Yeah, like, who the fuck knows? I don't think even the best fucking <laughs> who the, I don't, not even like you have a former UFC chance. Not even like the best analyst could even tell you. Like if they if they if they're telling you what's gonna happen, they're fucking lying out their ass. No one knows what's going to happen in this fight. This one's crazy. No one knows. Charles Oliveira, I mean, look at his fucking resume. Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler, Tony Ferguson's, you know, submitted Kevin Lee, you know, when it back when he was coming up. And is tied for he's tied for the most bonuses. He has the most finishes. He has the most submissions. Every he fight has, he, what, he breaks like, wins? Yeah, every like, fight he breaks some stupid record. Not stupid, but he's breaking just stupid records. He's got 33 wins. He's nuts bro he's fought so much he's he breaks records himself yeah honestly like better than george masvidal we were talking about george masvidal he reinvented himself crazy this guy won the fucking title and like nobody would have picked in 2017 if you would have said charles Oliveira would have been champ people would be calling you nuts charles dubron's Oliveira is just he just He's been touched. That's the thing what I'm going to talk about. So how, how I see the fight going? Charles versus Islam. The fight starts on the feet. Every fight starts on the feet. I give the edge to Charles, but I'm not going to call Islam a, a, some slouch on the feet. He is very good kickboxing. He just, you know, mainly just goes for his fucking takedowns. But Charles Oliveira is, has the, he has the, what I want to say, like the edge on, over in striking. I think, I think it is a pretty big gap. Um... But Charles is center of the octagon, faints, you know, fake with knees. You know, he's really good with his knees, really good at elbows. He likes to take it. He likes to really put the pressure on a lot of fighters. Um, but Islam is, you know, he could do that against the Dustin Poirier. He could do that against the Justin Gaethje's. I know Justin Gaethje is a great wrestler. I know that Michael Chandler is a great wrestler. But Islam is another level. It's another fucking level. And I don't think you can keep that type of pressure against somebody that's is as good as fucking Islam when it comes to Sambo and wrestling. And what's scary is that we've seen Charles get hurt. We've seen him get rocked and he falls over and he gets on his back. But Charles is so good and so terrifying from his back that no one, no one wants to engage with him. They just leave him. They let him get, you know, he falls over, he gets his, you know, he regains his conscience. He gets back up. Islam is not going to let him do that. Islam is not going to let him just fall over and like catch his breath. Islam is going to, if he catches him, he sees him fall. Islam is going to get on top of him. And that's the last thing that Charles Oliveira wants to happen. I get it. Islam, Charles is very good off his back. But that is the last thing you want someone like Islam Makachev to do. Cause he's not, fine. You on the back? You want to be on your back? Go ahead. He's just going to lay on top of you, just manhandle you the whole time. I know Charles is going to throw submissions, but Islam is not going to let that slide. He's just going to let him just lay on the back. Go ahead. No fighter could it, it's pretty really rare, really rare, but how much fighters is one fights off their back? Just Charles Oliveira. I know that. I get that. <laughs> which is crazy. That's why like it's so hard because you say, Oh, Charles Oliveira. Oh, but like Islam just carries that pressure. Charles carries that pressure. They constantly go for takedowns. Charles constantly goes for the just in your mug, just you know. Fucking, oh, I don't know, man. This is so hard. Yeah, it's so hard, and I think you nailed a lot of, a lot of the things, especially when you're talking about like Islam isn't a slouch with the hands. He might could 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 land something, and we see Charles go to his back. He jumps on top. 
it, this this is one of the ones in in history that I truly um, have a hard time calling, but I just think like I just believe in Charles, and I believe that he is so good off his back, and I believe that on the on the hands, I believe he can land something. We talk about him getting touched, but he he touched everybody else too. It's not like yeah. it, it's not like a. It's pretty like I mean, even especially you looking at people who are touting Dustin as like the guy, right? Everything Dustin's went through, like he's the guy. He even almost got Khabib. He's the guy, right? Oh, right. Oh, Gatine. It was Gatine. Yeah, he almost got him, and people were like, "Boom!" And you saw what Charles did to Dustin, bro. Like, like way I shorter never, time. What he did to Gaethje in a way shorter time. I never seen Dustin shrivel like that. And this is like this is Dustin, like DP, like the diamond, like like one of the most respected fighters, like in the UFC. Like he's touted as like the guy, low key. And you see, like what he did, and I just, I, I just fully believe Charles has just has the the weapons to to do it. You know, like that that Brazilian jiu-jitsu is, you know, it's it's always been known that like in Brazil the jiu-jitsu is crazy. And I, I think that he'll get it done. And I know, like, Sambo was crazy. And yeah, but it was the Sambo versus Jiu-Jitsu, you know, conversation. Which was well, the better Which was the better uh, discipline? We, this is, we'll never have an answer to that question, really. And this isn't what's going to decide that. But I seen, um, you know, that little guy. Uh, I think his name is Mikey. The little nerdy guy. Mikey. Uh, he's in like I think he's in like one or but he like does the tournaments like the the complete jujitsu things. He's calling out everybody that does sambo. He's like a jujitsu guy. He's like let's see, like let's wrestle and let's see. But yeah, I mean it has been touted over the years, especially with the rise of Khabib. Like sambo yeah. is the best Can't thing. Khabib had that shirt that said if uh, ju- if sambo was easy, it would be called Brazilian jujitsu. It's yeah, always been so. a rivalry between the two between the two I don't know, disciplines, but. I was going to bring up something that's pretty important and why I think Charles is going to win the fight. We've seen Charles almost lose fights. We've seen Charles get rocked. We've seen Charles fight against coming back from like, you know, going uphill. He's he's fought. Yeah. He's fought a lot of fights where he was the underdog. Michael Chandler. I'm pretty sure he was the underdog because, you know, Michael Chandler was coming in from the Bellator run came back. He just came in from knocking the fuck out of Dan Hooker and ending his career. And now he, he, then he had fucking Dustin Poirier. Huge underdog, extremely huge. Everyone had Dustin winning. I had Dustin winning. I did too. Like what he had, like what happened to Dustin. Justin Gaethje, he was still the underdog. Everyone was saying Gaethje was going to beat him. It was like, oh, Gaethje's, Gaethje's going to knock his lights out. Easy peasy. Look what he did at Justin Gaethje. And even going back further, just to continue, he was also, I believe he was also the underdog against Ferguson and Kevin Lee, which he, you know, he did his thing against those guys too. So, exactly. Islam has pretty much always been, you know, He's going to win. Everyone knows he's going to win. No adversity. No adversity. The only time he got some type of adversity, he got knocked the fuck out. Slumped. You know, he got slumped. That's what I give the edge to Charles. I think he's a, more of a grizzled veteran. He knows how to fight against adversity. And I, he just has that fire under his ass. I feel like I know Islam probably isn't doing this, but I feel like Islam is kind of behind, you know, always on Khabib's coattails. No, he is. And, and, you know? And, Everyone that's that whole group is, and that is like such a very like key piece of the puzzle that you just said, like that adversity. Like in other sports, we talk about like you know, like if we're talking sports like soccer, basketball, football, you're always like, yeah, you know, you need that veteran. Islam doesn't have that 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 veteran. He doesn't have like any type of that veteran in him. And even with Khabib and shit around him, like I know Khabib's done it on big big. Uh, like stages, but Khabib never saw no – he never fought no adversity like Charles did either, and that's going to be huge if they can weather the storm. And and that's, I don't think they will. I believe Charles is every single piece ready at his disposal. Yeah. So, I got Charles winning. So, me too. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say by how because I don't fucking know. But I do have Charles winning, and I have him, which is still crazy to say, and new because his he got his fucking belt stripped on him for the crate for point two pounds. But I got Charles de Bronze Oliveira. So yeah, so the the thing that kind of like is the talking point about this is he wins. What where where is he at the table? 
Like, is he at the head of the table as far as that division goes? Like, where does he rank among GOAT status? It's hard because people say that Islam shouldn't even – I'm going to ask you this. Should Islam should even have this fight? No. Okay. So why I, – I'm playing devil's advocate also. So why if it Charles beats Islam, why is he the GOAT if Islam doesn't even deserve to begin with? Because I believe Islam was one fight away, but since they 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 wanted to throw him to the beast, and the way it's touted and the way that it's being portrayed is that Islam is that guy, and I think that like so all right, so then if he's that guy, then we're gonna approach him like that guy, we're gonna treat him like that guy. He's the better Khabib. That's what everyone's been saying. All right, so if he beats the better Khabib, then he he takes over Khabib's spot, who everyone has as as the goat, right? Like it makes sense, right? No, I mean yeah, I get it. I was just you know. Throwing that out there, because I do believe, honestly, I kind of already got him as a little bit as a goat. I ain't gonna lie. But if he beats Islam, yeah, I, I think he's the greatest of all time in lightweight history. And he's getting up to just become for real. Like, might be the greatest of all time on UFC. Who knows? I'm just oh, saying. Yeah. I mean, that's Who that's knows? a little bit of a shit. dude. He's so active. He's so active. He keeps clearing out the division. Who the fuck knows, dude? He's looking very fucking good. Yeah, and so we we kind of touched. Nah, on I'll it. take that back. He's not the greatest. I'm not gonna say that. I, I'm I fully fucking just forgot about John Jones for some fucking reason. Yeah, I mean John Jones is. I'm tripping. Him. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. We kind of touched on it, but how many people have said that that Islam is the better version of Khabib? Everyone, even Khabib Everyone. said it. Okay, so. That's that's my whole reasoning for why I believe Charles is the goat, and just just because I touched on it earlier and I said I would mention it later. I don't have Khabib as my lightweight goat currently. My lightweight goat is BJ Penn. You already know how I'm coming, bro. BJ, what he did at that at that point in his career, obviously, you know, the UFC it wasn't shit, but clean. You know, he is never got popped. He's they get knocked out by a guy from my club. Okay, anyways, BJ Penn goes crazy. <laughs> He's, he might have a losing record in street fights, and he might have a bad record when you look at the UFC. But if you go back and you really look what he did in the lightweight division, like, in those years, bro, he was going stupid. He was also fighting, like, like way above. He, bro, at one point, he was a welterweight. It's just crazy, bro. 2000, like, probably like 2000. Anywhere from like 2001 to like 2007, 2010 type shit, BJ Penn was that guy. So I got BJ Penn as above Khabib. But that kind of um, wraps up the whole UFC, 280, things like that. But I do have some something I wanted to ask you. You said you had something about Sean. You can ask me afterwards. I had a, like, I saw this thing. I'm not really like a boxing guy, but I know that you are. But I believe it was, um, fuck, Caleb Plant that, that fought like kind of recently right and he did the classic tito ortiz like digging the grave yeah digging the grave celebration so i was gonna ask you just because i thought it would be kind of fun to see what your thoughts on this is there like a line that you can cross as far as like post-fight celebrations is that too far like he he knocked the guy out and medicals coming in and everything and and he's just like digging the grave so like Uh, is there a line it's it's hard, but the thing was, I don't think there's a line of just major shit talking. If it's insane shit talking, if there's like going at your neck, if it's like fucking horrible things being said, like Kobe Covington, right? Like he's going after your mom's, going after your kids, going after your wife's, going after your manhood. I don't think there's really a a fucking um, a line, and I don't think that's even that bad. What the grave digging celebration? I do not think that's <laughs> if someone nah right. It's kind of fucked up if someone's on the nah. ground like the way that like, Darrell was talking about Caleb Plant. Honestly, I side with Caleb Plant on this one. Okay, I so, think they're everyone's being pussies. Yeah, I, I don't um I, I don't know anything about that. Like I said, I'm not like a boxing guy, so I don't know anything like he was talking about your shit to him or anything like that. I was just meaning like you know Peter Yan and O'Malley have kind of kept it clean. If O'Malley knocks out Peter Yan and he does the grave, is there something that like is there a line to be crossed if it's just like a a fight? Because I'm kind of like of the opinion like, man, these guys are warriors, and if he wants to celebrate after you know doing something like that, like I, I think it's at all is fair in love and war, and they're going to war. They're going to war. I mean, I don't even think the grave is even that bad of a celebration. I think the worst one is probably like the Jorge Masvidal versus Ben Askren when that fucking dude just 
after you knocked him out, he goes in his face or slapping the canvas and then pretends to be knocked out, just how Ben Askren got knocked out. <laughs> I mean, that's the worst one, in my opinion. That one is uh, BJ Penn, bringing up by BJ Penn's BJ Penn celebration where he used to go up to the fucking opponents and wipe their blood on their hand on a case. Because I think he knocked somebody out, had no blood on his glove, so he went up to the guy, wiped his blood on his glove and licked it off. Yeah, that's really disrespectful. That, that is gross. my that is my favorite. Like, I feel like it is gross as fuck. And would I ever do it? No, the thought of it is even kind of disgusting. But they're warriors, like you said. These are fucking killers in the in, in the octagon. But licking the blood off the glove, just you know, just showing like your dominance, just showing like I'm here for it. I always love. That's why. I, that's like the big reason why I love BJ Penn. But um, okay, yeah. So no one. Um, I had a quick question. Because I want to ask, you know, you're a Sean fan, and not only are you a Sean fan, you're also a Connor fan. And this, those are two parts that go into this oh, conversation. Man. And I have my own opinion about this, and I'll, I'll probably let you know what I think. But I want to ask you, do you believe that Sugar Sean can really be as big as what Connor was for the UFC? No. I, I, don't, I don't think, like, like, because, all right, so when, when things are in their infidelity, like, infidelity, I believe I'm saying that word, right? But when things are in their infant stage and, infant. like, things are growing, yeah, obviously, like, the heights that they reach and stuff are going to be, like, crazy different. When Connor was, like, on this run, like, especially very early in it, like, pretty much everybody, if you weren't Brazilian during that Jose Auto fight, and a lot of the Brazilians, pretty much everyone was, like, a Connor fan. He had an like an aura around him of untouchable. Like he was untouchable. Like he, like I'm not like a religious person, so to say this doesn't affect me. But like he was like God. And if you are, I'm not trying to like you know. But I'm just saying like that's what like that's how people were like looked at him. That's like the vibe and the aura he gave off. Like he was like he was like a powerful fucking being. Sorry, I know what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> No, n- nobody will ever reach that. But like, could Sean potentially be bigger as far as like social media and shit goes? Yeah, because more people are on social media, it's more popular. It's a two spot thing. Do I ever see anybody doing what Connor did for the UFC? No. And I imagine your 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 answer is probably the same because I feel like that's the right answer. No, yeah, I I hope, I, heard, I agree also. Not only because. Like you say, yeah, situations, you know, the things going on and everything. I just don't think he's he's not good on the mic. He's not witty. He's not like he tries to be charismatic. He tries to be, you know, like a character. But I think that's all it is. I think Sean is kind of a character. But Connor was that was Connor. Anywhere you saw Connor, that was Connor. He was a loud mouth. He was the, the fucking extremely charismatic, extremely obnoxious, very flamboyant, very cocky type of man. Sean, I don't know. I think it's just a big, like the hair and all that, like the colors. I think he kind of overdoes it. And I, I honestly kind of see through it. No, nah, I mean, I, I do disagree with that because, like, I've known, I, like I said, like I've been watching him forever. And with the hair shit, like, bro, you also know me, like, and anybody who doesn't know me, like, I'm also like dyeing my hair. Like, my hair's been pink, purple, green, blue. Like, my hair's been every fucking color. I, I've always been like that. I think that that really is who he. Be- he, who he is, and I believe he really does believe in himself like that. The shit that he does play up is like the Nelk boy shit, but I believe also, like, I believe that's a part of him too, but I don't think that, like, he's not true to himself. I think he's he is very genuine, and I mean, like, he's a fucking pothead. He's always talking about smoking. No, yeah, that's different. I think he's genuine to himself. I just, some things I think he kind of, I mean, of course, Connor probably did it, but I just think Connor played it to a point where, like, this is Connor. I feel like Sean, he could be like, oh, this is Sean in the ring. This is Sean outside the ring type shit. Yeah, I don't, and, and that is true. And I think the I think if there was no Connor, a lot of people wouldn't be saying that, though, because since someone did it first, everything that comes after is always going to seem like kind of like, oh, this guy is trying to be that. Or this, like you look at Masvidal, everyone's like, oh, Masvidal wants to be Connor now. Oh, Kevin Lee was the big one. Kevin Lee wants to be Connor. If anybody that is, is, has been, is he even close to fucking what Connor was on the mic? It's probably Kobe Covington. Let's be honest. Nah, I disagree with that. Who who else is better than Kobe Covington on the mic? I think the closest to Connor is nobody. You're, Kobe you're, Covington. You're gonna, you're gonna disagree with this, but I think it's Izzy. Izzy is fucking not good on the mic. He is not bro, good bro, on the mic. So many, nah, he tries so many one liners. He tries be, so many like to be fair though. 
Connor wasn't like there's so many things that Connor like at the time like we look back on the on the things and there's like one liners of course you can watch the highlights but like there's a lot of things that Connor said that was just like miss but I think it's the way they portray themselves and the way they believe in themselves that is and you're you're on the side of of Izzy that like you don't like Izzy really you're not I don't mind I don't mind Izzy I don't like I don't just I don't like him like as on the mic I think he's shit on the mic I think he's cringy I don't think he's he, – I don't know. I just do not like him when I'm like the stupid-ass frozen like Elsa. That one, uh, was, that one was stupid. Like, but he, like, he tries saying it's like so many little cute little one-liners. He tries to be like, oh, look, I'm witty and I'm, you know, I'm this, this. I don't like it, man. Like, Yeah, and, uh, and I get it. And I see your point. But for me, yeah, like for me, my thing is it's like the confidence they, they believe in themselves. I see that as the same. Of course, Izzy's a little bit different because I think Izzy's like a fucking kind of a weirdo. He's like a nerd. You know, he's into like a lot of – cool shit like weird shit depending on who you are you know you might think it's cool you might think it's weird whatever but i think that confidence that's why i um i think that they're he's the closest but also i will say volk is just like the anti-connor just not braggadocious but he is hilarious he's a funny dude a lot of people hate him for no reason he's a really good guy yeah we know why a lot of people hate him is because of max holloway i mean max holloway the holy autos you know it's just you put him with the Korean zombies, you know, you put anyone in front of him, he beats them. It, but it's the Max Holloway because everyone loves Max Holloway. We're both mixed Max Holloway fans. You know, like, I've been so critical about uh, Volk because I just didn't want him to beat Max Holloway. I love Max Holloway. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. What if, what if, also, we didn't even touch about this. Let's just quickly touch about it because we're already past the one-hour mark. Um, It's also a big thing that Alec Volkanovsky is the backup fighter. So this puts a lot of pressure on both guys to make the weight. Charles has struggled with weight. And I know it's like, oh, it's it's a really weird thing. It's scary. I mean, it's a really weird thing. It was it's 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 probably not gonna happen again, maybe. But everything we just talked about, could you be thrown out the window if Charles misses weight or or fucking Islam misses weight? Because they said if whoever misses weight, they're gonna kicked out. And Alexander Volkanovsky is gonna be the sub and he's gonna be the filling fighter. So Yeah, like so Brad, knowing our luck with these podcasts, like now that you've mentioned it, it's a good thing that you mentioned it because I would have not said anything. But knowing our luck, that shit would have ended up happening had we just put out the podcast and not talked about it. But um so regardless, uh let's say that let's say that uh Charles misses weight. Do you see Volk being able to beat Islam is it's so hard to call because we don't know how the weight uh, I'm not I can't even give you I can't even give you a prediction. Like but, I, I think Volk's yeah. good, but I need to see him at that weight class before. But say he does, you know, say that is Charles beats or Islam beats Charles and Charles beats like, whoever the winner is. Say Volk gets you know first dibs and he beats the fucking lightweight champion. Where does that put him in the goats? He's that means he's almost there. You know, like, like what more does he have to prove? Like probably beat the loser of that fight and what probably beat fucking Darush. Yeah, Darush. I think no, nah, it's kind of hard because when you get into like these. Connor was the first to do it, right? Champ, champ. Yeah, when you get into these champ champ things, it's kind of like it's so hard to gauge because like even if he if he goes up and he beats two guys, he still doesn't have what Jones has as far as title defenses. It's so hard to to like it's so like it, you get into like like it, weird territory, but yeah, obviously that would put him like firmly in my top 3. I think he would probably surpass GSP. Um. Then you know I have it. I pretty much have it. Like right now, it it varies a lot. I pretty much have it as Jones, Silva, GSP right now. I f- I feel like that's safe. Usman, Volk, those guys could potentially be there though. Well, Usman lost like a little bitch, but <laughs> I'm like not really fucking with Usman either. But yeah, you get the point. But if Volk does go up, that would be crazy. And if Volk steps in short notice and beats either one of these guys, that also the stepping in short notice—not really short notice, but being the backup—that adds so much to legacy because it's like a good story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So um, that pretty much wraps it up. And look, I'll say like, if you made it this far, shout out to you. Thank but you. The most important thing is if you like this content like please let us know me and you we watch pretty much every fight night every uh we watch every call watch it all yeah so we we always are open to talk about it and coming up next month we have another huge fight card and in between that we have some decent fight nights and then 
towards the end of the year, things are going to get real hectic. It's looking like UFC 282 is going to shape up to be another stack card as well. So there's a lot coming up. So please let us know. Like, show us that that you guys are fucking with this and we'll keep bringing this content to you. Uh, yeah. Anything, uh, closing thoughts, Gio? Nothing really. Just I hope everything just goes to fruition and we have some good fights. That's really it. Yeah, because a lot of times we've had these stat cards and things have gone uh, bad. I'm knocking on wood. Um, but, yeah, so thanks, everyone, for listening. You know, follow us at Late Night Thoughts Pod, pretty much IG, TikTok, Instagram. I said IG twice. Anyways, yeah. But, yeah, thanks, for everyone, for listening. Yeah, see you guys.